It's the second cup of Joe and John with Joe Elvis and John Dwyer. Here's 45 minutes with three self-important guys who think people watched and listened. Enough about me. Let me tell you about Miami's. That's right. Just got another one, by the way, number 11. Oh, my God. It just hatched. I didn't know. It just hatched. Yeah, it just gave birth to another Emmy. Bob Bob gives birth to Emmys. This was so fun. Okay, thanks for coming. This is is what's great about the uh, second cup of Joe and John. And uh, John, I want to tell you that um, I'm so impressed with you. Uh, John just ran uh, the the marathon that just happened, and he's run the actual marathon. I don't know how many times. You could tell me real quick. Done at least three. Or four. I can't remember 19, seven, 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 seven. Wow. seven here. And so, uh, you know, injuries, Stop age, it some more. such five Ks are where it's at. So I just I just wanted to oh. tell you how proud I am that you completed it. And you've been so we used to in Nashville. It used to be called the Country Music uh, Marathon. Now it's turned into the Rock and Roll Marathon oh. because some consultant got involved or something. But uh, congratulations, you've been there since day one, and it, it, it just is had awesome. To, it had to be fun. And way before John answers, John ran the marathon when the marathon track and, and path was ridiculously hard. The last six miles uphill in East Nashville down to Shelby Park, it was an absolute killer. Bob Mueller is our <laughs> guest today, by the way. I, I, it needs That's no introduction, those pipes. But I want to continue. Yeah. I want to continue on this vein, yeah. though, of uh, tell me about Theisman, uh, Montana. And I can't think of any. Did they other. run with you? Jimmy, what, yeah, what do you What Jimmy, tangent are you on? Jimmy Clausen, Tom Clements, the guys you never heard of. Tom Clements was my idol growing up. Notre was Dame really? quarterbacks. Notre Dame quarterbacks. Yeah. The next in line is John Dwyer. Tom, John uh, is going to quarterback to talk about the Notre this? Dame. I just love this idea. We were and off so, to a great start. Are we, still and now are we doing Rudy too it's, here? It, yeah, we <laughs> They John, don't do yeah. Former John John's family John's family's from South Bend. He started his TV career in South Bend. Uh, season ticket holder at the Notre Dame games. Uh, actually, Jesus, here we go. Baby. Family is is actually his history on the campus itself. So John's going to go up, and they have one of those uh, weeks of where, fantasy camp. It's a fantasy camp where you get to be on the team. You're wearing the Notre Dame oh uniforms, gosh. and the quarterback is sitting right in front of us right now. Number seven, John. That's terrific. Hammers. It, it'll be it'll be ten. Okay. Ten was my number, my losing number in high school. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to take part in the Notre Dame football fantasy camp. Was supposed to in 2020, and then of course COVID. we know what happened, so uh, that got canceled. It's back. Um, it's it's one of two things. It's either very pathetic, or it's oh, going to be very cool. Now, in good shape. My, I tell great. people I I was a quarterback from fourth till twelfth grade. That's all I played. Um, so I feel like before I'm 58 now, so I want to throw one more interception. <laughs> That's my goal. I was a defensive end. Can I come and tackle? Oh, you would be. He'd come up Mueller off the edge, separates Hamas's shoulder. Uh, we could play that out in the backyard here. Um, yeah, so I'm going to do that. I, I feel like I do want to put on the pads one more time. There's no semi-pro or flag football league that I know of in Nashville. If there is, let me know where you, you know, guys my age if you're 25 30 you still haven't gotten out of your system i never did that um broadcasting bob yeah. i don't have to tell you keeps you from coaching little league and doing all yes. yeah, i bet i bet your sons you never you probably never maybe 
hockey, but you I, can't coach. I did coach hockey because we skated at five in the morning. So the, yeah, I was able to. Yeah, coach. the hours were there. Yeah, the hours were ridiculous. That. Yeah, yeah, you were three hours sleep. Kind of the assistant coach on soccer and baseball because I could be there some days and not most of the days. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to do that in June, That's and we'll do, yeah, we'll just we'll just see how it goes. It's, I think it's great. There's there's uh, there's 50 campers signed up. Um, it's free. No, it's not free. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But uh, and the average age is 52. So we'll 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 see how it goes. So and as far as the country music stuff started in 2000 when it started, and honestly, when I was a sportscaster, I didn't want to get up that early to cover the damn thing. So I said, why don't I just enroll in it and see if I can do it? I've never done it before. So did it. Um, there's a 5K now element to it, so I keep the street going by you know. It's cheap. Nice. Yeah, no, it's yeah. cheap. No, it's cheap. It's perfect. See, no, I, it's, uh, I, I was always right about John Dwyer. I knew he would be the one guy who would not have the midlife crisis. <laughs> I've had three, Bob. Just ask my just, wife, Lindley. Just in the past half <laughs> and hour. And ask, ask my ex, too. So, 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 but Bob, but I will also say this cannot, we cannot leave the marathon conversation without saying, Bob has run the marathon. I did. Uh, at right. least once, and I you've done one, a few halves, right? One full, three halves. And so the that's, full was brutal. And that's like aggregate 60, 70 some miles. So, you know, when you think about I did add it up one day and it was almost 400 miles. And where we're cutting this, this podcast with producer Chad, uh, Chase Akers behind us, um, I, it actually went by this yes. house. On six, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. Oh, well, all, the all three, well, all three, all three. Yeah, Osama is, is Osama Junior is dialed into this and thinking he's got great intel right now. All three people that are listening. Um, but he went by this house, and I decided if I was going to run the marathon and and do it seriously, and you would understand this because you've done it. You take it in segments, and you want to kind of know. I did want to know the, so I do it in like six mile increments because I don't want this area to beat me. Where we are is East Nashville. You would take a left and go up Fatherland, mm-hmm. which is a bear. Bear, and then people, the marathon's too hard. A marathon's hard to begin <laughs> with. Do you, Bob, did you ever go? Oh man, we got a hill at twenty one. I don't uh, know if I'm going to finish. No, uh, you're going to finish. No, you're yeah. going to finish. It's just going to be the, the degree of pain you're in. The so, best part about that marathon track when they had that path yeah. was that when you did get here, you did get to the hard part, and everybody in East Nashville was out on the street cheering oh, you, and you needed it so badly at that point. Of course, they wanted to give you a beer too, but that did, <laughs> that was the wrong time. But they were being helpful. That's one, one of the very funniest, and we'll get off this track. Back of Shelby Park, first marathon, 2000. This city doesn't get a marathon. It, it only didn't have half marathon. It was about four or 5,000 people signed up. And back in the, in the just the bowels of, of Shelby Park, the farthest point away from the finish line before you turn around and get to Davidson and you're on your way home, there's a guy back there and not giving away salt or gummy <laughs> bears or lemonade or Gatorade. He's back there giving out beef jerky and cigarettes <laughs> it was such a funny sight gag that i burst i was in this zone as you know about you start running and you're like you're in a zone and then you you break out of it and you laugh and it got me home so whoever that guy is who knew to have this incredible sight gag so yeah you want yeah. a marlboro for the last mile <laughs> i'm like dude i do i do camel i, I just so i i turned him down a you know marlboro i have red. standards yeah I have standards. <laughs> the final mile brought to you by Marlboro Reds. Anyway. Well, it was a uh, a great intro here, but it's weird to say in this room right now, three broadcast guys.
guys with over 100 years of experience, probably. Yeah, well, uh, so it's fun. You know what that and, means. Uh, We're old. <laughs> it's great. And that's what we like doing here on uh, the second cup of Joe. And John. That is living part of great uh, Nashville. I don't want to say history, uh, but a great section of our lives. And since you two guys uh, have worked together forever, John, please give our fantastic (laughs) guest his uh, due diligence of a great... uh, You know, more than 40 years at at Channel 2 uh, at one station. It simply doesn't happen anymore in local TV broadcasting. Nope. Uh, it can go, you know, you went 17 at, at a station, right? And, and I did 18 and 29 overall. But but to be at the same place and to uh, to adapt and to stay relevant. And the one thing I was thinking about, Bob, I mean, you and I could talk for huh. five hours and, and I'm not sure how entertaining it would be. But the stories we do have that I think people would appreciate if you grew up here, um, you know, you don't lose your edge. Um, you know, some people slip where they... You, you. I said, Bob will come in a tie uh, with the tie up, and I'll be damned. <laughs> ding, a ding, check, there check, but check that box. I'll go to but, work. But <laughs> I, yeah, but but you, you, you don't. And I wonder, um, as you as you continue to do this, and you go through all the changing technology, and there's just so many rabbit holes we can go down. How do you not lose your edge, or how do you find a better way to hide losing your edge, if you, if I may? Well, you look for the what what brings you joy, what brings you fulfillment. And that's not everything I do every day, but there are moments every day where it's worth it to go in. I've made a difference for maybe one person or for a, an, an issue or for uh, someone to understand a topic or someone to hear from an elected official that maybe they didn't know about. That's what I live for, the, those moments. It's not every newscast. It's not every story I read. I'm a realist. Uh, things have changed. Things, the way I started in this business a hundred years ago is way different than what it is today. Not that it's better or worse. It's just different. And if you don't want to adapt, you're not going to survive. So I, I've come to that realization. I want to continue doing this. I still love doing it. There are aspects of it I absolutely hate, but there are also new aspects of it. Podcasts. I mean, the whole internet, iPhones, I edit everything I do myself on my computer at my desk. I mean, it's so much easier now and so much more fulfilling that I control it all. I don't have to, to take it to an editor. I don't have to worry about film being processed. I mean, it's all right there. So in, so in many regards, I, I, I embrace the change and try to look for the good stuff that, that I still think is really important. Not everybody does, but I think that's why I still do this business. And uh, the voice of Bob Mueller, which here in Nashville, if you're not and listening to this, uh, the local ABC affiliate uh, five uh, at five, six, and ten. I gotta, I have to read them, Bob. The the accolades are so long. Oh, ten, you don't have to do ten that. time. <laughs> 10 times. 11. 11. 11. Did 11. you not listen to the <laughs> intro? If we're going to do this, we're going to get yeah, it right. Yeah. We're about <laughs> accurate. Yeah, we're like first, when they had, when they had, the, when they had the, uh, the slogan when I first came to News 2, it's first, fast, accurate. I used to joke, first, fast, eh, two out of three ain't bad. I was at last low confused. <laughs> so anyway, 11, 11 Emmys. 11 Emmys sitting on the, his the shelf. The 11th Emmy, by the way. Are they in the kitchen? What was, what is, the 11th Emmy is, is still in, in, in process because it came out with John Thomas on it. That's all how they got John that, but Thomas. we're still trying to correct the name. Play. Porn name. John Thomas. I 
I'm not gonna put John Thomas up in my know. my office. No, heck no. eleven soon to be eleven yes. Emmys sitting in Bob's TV room, probably on the mantle where everyone has to see him coming in. Over yeah. twenty five years. Uh, Bob joined News 2 in 1980. So if you grew up here in Nashville, you grew up with Bob Mueller on your television. And um, I guess let's, uh, you know, I, I want to kick it right to uh, your 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 charitable work has been so huge. Well, I've played in one of your golf uh, tournaments. The Bob Mueller MS uh, tournament is just a great joy for all kinds of entertainers, for anything that's Nashville. It's been an enormous success. And your buddy Vince Gill has uh, been a friend for a long time. So uh, maybe talk about the golf tournament a little bit. Golf in general. Bob, what's the, what's the handicap now? I'm a uh, six. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Six <laughs> handicap. Six handicap. And Bob's a great golfer. Well. And so uh, Vince Gill's been a big part of your stuff. Did you go to the Eagles show the other night? I did. Of it was uh, so good. I bet it was. I so, would have stayed another three hours. It was so good. Talk about talk about your whole relationship well, with uh, Vince and the golf. You know, Vince is a great guy. John knows Vince. I've known Vince 30 years. We met before Vince was Vince Gill. Yeah. And he's still the exact same, same guy. guy. Yeah. Where did we meet? On a golf course. <laughs> and we just hit it off and, you know, became friends. And that's something that's so cool about this business. I was telling my son the other day and trying to give him an idea of, of, of how lucky I've been. When I was in college, you know, I was in college during Watergate. And my job at the radio station was to do actuality, sound bites. And so I'm listening to the Watergate hearings and Fred Thompson and Howard Baker. And then years later, I get to meet these guys and interview these guys. You know, I was a huge pure Prairie League fan in college. Years later, I'm friends with the lead singer, Vince Gill. I mean, this business, you never know who you're going to meet, what doors are going to open up for you. And that, that's been the real joy in my life. But Vince has been a friend. I've worked with his golf tournament, the Vinny, which just ended 30 years, roughly. He raised like $9 million. Mine was 25 years. We raised $2.5 million. Both just ended. COVID kind of put a kibosh to it. But, you know, I'm real proud of that. I'm glad we did it. I wish we could continue. But, you know, things change and you move on. And your political... Um interest and you you do uh this week with bob mueller which has been um it, it's a wonderful show because it gives you a little bit of breathing room right it it's does. not a 15 second sound it, bite it, and I it's can, every sunday how long have you been doing that i started that show in 2006 with okay. the uh a Senate race that started. So however long that is, it's was uh, that uh, Corker, Corker and, and, and Aaron Ford. Junior. Yep, Ford Junior. Yeah, that, yep, that yeah, they it. didn't spend any money in no, that sixty no. <laughs> million dollars, which sounds like a bargain now. Yeah. But, but that's uh, what started it. Well, but your plug and I and I've said this uh, to you before off uh, camera or Mike that um, you know Johnny Carson. Nobody knew where he leaned politically because he'd kind of take you know soft relatively now soft shots at both sides. Bob, nobody knows where you lean because that's, you've been able to find that, you know, a hundred, you know, half the people email you and think you're this way and half the, and you're like, yeah, I I nailed it. Right. That's very true. I get accused of being a right wing Republican or a left wing Democrat. And I think, well, okay, as long as I get them both, I'm about where I should be. (laughs) All within 10 minutes. All within on the same topic, on the same show. But, but John's right. I mean, I, it's not about me. It's about getting the voices out there. I have people on I disagree with, but that's really not the issue. My job is to get their views across so people can have a chance to decide, is this somebody I like? Is this somebody I want to support? It's really not about my view of them. Mm-hmm. but Because I, I, I really think it, it's a lost uh, opportunity in this business. There aren't many of these kinds of shows anymore. And I do think 
young people especially and, and people that are just living their lives want to hear from their elected officials. They may not be political junkies, but they want to at least know a little bit about the people who are representing them, and that's what I try to do. You have great credibility to talk. Name all the presidents you've interviewed. <laughs> Well, let's see. Who was the first one? No, was, uh, Gerald Ford was the first one. Uh, Jimmy Carter, um, Reagan. Ch- Chase, our, Chase, our producer, is going. <laughs> I'm uh, big, big war, Grandpa. Reagan. Tell me more. I wasn't born yet. Clinton. <laughs> yeah. I think Clinton was the last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, uh, Bush. I have interviewed Bush. And I did them. not interview both, both Bushes. Did not interview Obama, and I haven't interviewed. I interviewed Biden as vice president. Does that count? Sure. <laughs> well, and I also think, um, and I was thinking, and not that I had heard this story, but I think about. I've seen so many pictures of you and um, and uh, who was the guy that lost in two thousand? Al Gore. Al Gore. That guy. Um, Carthage, <laughs> uh, Tennessee. Eleven electoral. He wins his home, where he grew up. Uh, he wins it, it, Arkansas or Tennessee, he wins. Yeah. But um, was there any truth to the rumor that in 2000, if Gore won, that you were going to leave and be his press secretary? No. I, don't know, I had not heard that. That's interesting. But no, it was, it was not going to happen. I just saw many, so many pictures with him. I go, I wonder <laughs> if, he would, if you would ever just go. And I mean, a lot of people, you know, you think about people that have left the business. I think of Dan Clark. Yeah. The late Dan Clark years ago, going with with Pat Sajak to be his his cut. You know, you were I'm there not, any point points in your career that that you had a fork in the road? You know, you, went, I, you know, I've I, had opportunities like public relations firms, yeah. other kinds of things like that. My inquisition, my my yeah, curiosity is not not cut out for that. Yeah. I, I would be representing somebody, and I would be looking at well, there's this part's not good. You don't, you can't do that. You got to be no. all in, and right. I. I I ask questions, <laughs> so yes. so no, I, 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 could, yes, I do. couldn't do it. Uh, this is a great segue to, uh, you have not uh, interviewed President Obama. I have not. Um, uh, somebody, uh, when we were doing this podcast and, and trying to start, and we were thinking of quirky names because mm. the world needs another podcast, we know that, um, said nobody. Uh, <laughs> it, but Second Cup of Joe and John, I'm sorry, Second Cup of Joe, and John, there you go. Um, and then, but but beforehand, you thought of a name, and I thought it was a little too inside. What was it? Uh, well, that title, Second Cup of Joe and John, replaced Obama gave me COVID, as for <laughs> President Obama gave me COVID. And I'm like, what are you, ta- <laughs> yeah. Joe? Yeah. What are you no, talking true story, about? True story. And true story. True story What's yeah. the story, real quick? Uh, well, I, I flew, mean, real quick, because we're here to here to talk. So to we're Bob. talking broadcasting a lot, but uh, for many of us, except Bob in this room, we've, we're all out of broadcasting in a professional sense. Uh, so now I fly jets. I fly private charter. So we flew, flew President Obama uh, and his wife, Michelle. He's got his big spread up in Martha's Vineyard, hauled him to Chicago, his hometown, and he's opening his, uh, his library. So it was actually kind of fun and an ironic twist to watch him get grilled on local Chicago <laughs> TV. Nobody wants the library where it's built. It's getting in a park. Right. And everybody hates it. And I was like, wait a minute. You know, everybody loves Obama. Yeah, I remember waiting. Grand so Park. That was a sidebar and, yeah. story. But uh, so we stayed there with him a day and then flew him back to Martha's Vineyard. And then uh, actually we were repositioning the plane to Nashville, which we hardly ever do. And on the flight back, I'm like, hmm. Things ain't right, oh, and no. so landed, and we were. This is a uh, you know, this is several months ago. So we test all the time with the kits that you get at Walgreens and such, and bam, positive as could be. So I could have gotten it from Chicago PD Secret Ex-presidential Service. Presidential COVID. 
But my best story is Obama gave me COVID. So, <laughs> and then we uh, we flew O Biden. I met. I we flew Biden and Harris the entire month of October uh, for the campaign. So I I, I saw met both. Of I them. didn't know you flew jets. I'm a, I'm a pilot, single jets. engine. Though. Yeah. Way different from flying jets, but yeah. that's impressive. I did it for years, and it turned into a living. When he just got his captain's think, license, oh, he's got four stripes. Yeah. So it's got amazing. the epaulets. Excellent. I will wear the epaulets. <laughs> I, I fly the fancy wealthy people now so it's it's citations layers what we up in i fly a challenger 350 and a challenger 300 uh holds about uh, holds nine or ten if somebody wants to sit on the commode comfortably and uh it's a great jet we can get from new york to uh uh i flew flew barry manilow to uh, palm (laughs) springs two weeks ago and the sad uh, reality of life i've had the opportunity (laughs) to fly private jets a couple of times with with vince and some other people Mm -hmm. Once you do that, man, you don't want to go back to coach. It's hard to go back to C-19. It's right. You're in the B group at Southwest. Here's your peanuts. That's right. And we don't have any booze today. It is really, really tough to go back. Um, So my my presidential experience hasn't been like yours, Bob. (laughs) Well, actually... Hey, I want close and personal. I want to go back to the golf just for a second. You know, in that era too, we had the Sara Lee Golf Classic, mm-hmm. and I don't think folks know what is what how important Nashville was to golf during one time period. Well, the '80s that was the first professional sport to come to Nashville. That was it. Mike Eller brought the ladies LPGA tour to Nashville in '85, '86, somewhere in there, and it was the first big event, and it was huge. It was everybody turned out. Vince was there. The, the community came, sponsors came, and for about an eight, nine-year run at Hermitage, it was the event. It, yeah. was the, it was the christening of professional sports in Nashville, and it was at, a success. I was at every one of them. I know. It's and awesome. The, and I think that the, uh, the, the epitaph is, is the fact that all those ladies loved coming here, right, And Bob? they still come back. Yeah. Nancy Lopez comes here all the time. A lot of these folks who won that tournament come here. I hosted an event for them, like the 20th anniversary of the end of the Seralee or whatever it was, and all those people who'd won for the for the tournament's run were back to St. Mike and see the course again. They really adopted Nashville. It was so big, our own mayor got divorced and remarried <laughs> at that tournament. Uh, and was engaged. All three at the same time. <laughs> That's right. Trifecta. Only in Nashville. And his name was Mayor Boner. And I he mean, was on Phil Donahue. <laughs> How much better could it get That's right. at that time? Oh, my God. But you've uh, maybe comment on all you've seen just because you're huge in the sports. You're a hockey player yourself. I still play. Uh, a little bit. You know, I'm slow and old, but I still get out there and skate. What a great change it's been over the decades with the Preds coming to town. And it wasn't really hockey we were no, looking for. No, John knows this. They built the arena hoping somebody would come, and they really thought it was going to be the NBA. Yeah. That's who they thought were going to come. Right. NBA went to Memphis. <laughs> so... We approached the NHL, and lo and behold, Bettman came here. The people who wanted it really put on the smart show, and people were out there in droves. Bettman was impressed. We get the NHL. And, you know, Nashville didn't know anything about hockey, and the Predators were so smart. They understood what they were getting into, and so they didn't just ignore these people saying, you know, we're hockey. You'll you'll figure it out. They embraced them and tried to teach them the game, get them in the building, gave tickets out free, just come watch this and see if you like it. And it worked. I mean, it took a while. The team was bad for a while. But, you know, when you look at the the, the struggle to where they are now, where the expectation is a Stanley Cup final, hopefully, again, 
it's it's amazing you can get that far in a 20-year period with any kind of franchise. I mean, I, I think the Titans have done that as well, but I think they've actually had more difficulty than the Predators have had maintaining a fan base, a loyal fan base in those down years. Those the Predators fans were still there. And part of uh, part of my gig in radio in uh, in the 103 KDF days, uh, they had to vote for the Titans. We'll switch to the Titans to come here. They had the right. NFL Yes campaign. So I inter- we were the network of the Titans at the time. So I interviewed Fisher, Floyd Reese, Bud Adams, you know, dozens of times because the city had to vote yes. And then they built what was Adelphia Coliseum. Um, so that, too, was a great transitional time. Uh, just in Nashville sports and the, the state of the city. No need to vote anymore. I think the Titans are here, and I think the new stadium is going to happen. Is and, that, uh, was, that was where I was going. You yeah. think it's oh, yeah. Go? It's, oh, there's no question about it. I mean, yeah. they'll figure it out. Uh, it's amazing. The Adams family kicking in $750 million. Uh, the state kicking in $500 million. That one surprised me more than anything. I thought the state might balk, mm-hmm. but I think Governor Lee sees an opportunity here. The city still hasn't committed. Mayor, I had him on my show last week, and he hemmed and hawed, and there was absolutely no commitment. So there's about $750,000 million, million that uh, is unaccounted for yet, but it'll happen. Five years from now, you won't recognize the East Bank. That's it's going to be totally different. There's going to be mixed use. There's going to be businesses. There's going to be apartments and townhomes, plus the new stadium. And there's, John, there's a great story, backstory to that. When the stadium opened, uh, as to what was the show, which concerned Al Del Greco. So we, you know, our station got pretty, yes. pretty in bed with the, with the Oilers. We wanted to have their coaches show. And that was part of the allure of coming to Nashville was we're going to have the coaches show. We're going to do the preseason games. And, uh, and uh, me and a few other candidates were like, yeah, what? yeah that's not going to happen. But, you know, if it does, great. But uh, fast forward to 1996 of May, uh, they have the stadium groundbreaking, and they and I get to MC it because I'm the local local ABC guy. And uh, instead of having digging uh, shovels, which which they did, uh, they brought Al Del Greco in, who at the time Auburn guy, uh, well known in this area, a very uh, well known kicker in the NFL, uh, and kick, a golfer, and and a golfer kicks a ceremonial <laughs> field goal into the pile of dirt where the stadium is going to be built. Uh, which I thought was pretty clever. People forget that. I'm just like, I did not know that. Oh That's yeah, a, yeah. Good story. So, so and then uh, built for 295 million land and all. Oof. You can't get <laughs> and and we Bob. I don't know. Uh, you know, this is Oof. what's interesting is your career and, and when I was there, um, we're already on point two right? right? I mean, of a stadium. Yep. We knew that 30 year lease, and that thing opened up. And uh, you know, I'm not, not going to hurt anybody's feelings. We got the team and had a stadium. That was a Yugo man. When that stadium opened. When Cincinnati, Cleveland, Baltimore, they started opening new stadiums, and fans would go there and go, "What? Wait Charlotte a minute!" Charlotte built the stadium the same time. That thing was a palace. It was beautiful. It was brick. It was finished. I, I swear, when I looked across the East Bank, I said, "That's not done. <laughs> they do not. It's, they have not it's finished two that. sets of bleachers and open it." <laughs> I mean, the Gator Bowl in 1950 looked better. So it's you know, what people don't understand is if they moved here in the you know 2007, eight, nine, ten, or whatever. Um, that 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 this city and the state has been able. We've had quite a bargain oh, yes. for a stadium, and now the bill is due, and it's going to be a two billion dollar stadium, Minimum. likely by the time it's done, and it should be a a uh, an enclosed roof because you can get the final four, you can get other events 
so it can be a bigger revenue stream. I, I will argue, and I don't think they're going to do it, but I will argue they're missing an opportunity by not doing a retractable. And I know it's more expensive, but you they're missing. You have to do a retractable. I think they're, everybody think I've talked to, they're talking complete dome. And oh, I think no, it's a huge mistake no. because of the weather here. Yeah. Two-thirds of the season could be open, but that it's sucks. more expensive. It's probably a half a billion dollars more. Uh, but I think you've got one shot at this. They should do a retractable roof, and I don't think they're going to do it. I agree with Senator Mueller. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. No, I agree. So a lot of things have changed. Uh, uh, things things also that have changed, Bob. Um, and I want to get into this because people will go, geez, you know, he's been in a newsroom. He's been a, a mentor. He has seen dozens, if not hundreds of employees uh, go through that Channel 2 newsroom uh, for various reasons. Um but this was my issue when I got there in 96, is that it took two or three or four call letters on your resume mm-hmm. to get there. The quality control, and this is not an indictment on two, it's just general media, the quality control, and you know this, and, and I just want you to speak to, because you're looking for uh, there, you know, social media people, we have full-time social media people there, we have full-time graphic artists, there's so many more careers in TV than people ever imagine. But just speak to the challenge of keeping a quality product and keeping not as many eyeballs hit the copy as it goes on. Do you call it copy anymore? Um, so what, your challenge, you, you talk about how you embrace that. There are, there are days that, I mean, it's just, it's just not, it's not as, as, it's, it's not, not as quality, quality control. I, uh, and, and so I how totally do you, agree. How there do are you, days where yeah. the product is not what I would like it to be. Yeah. You deal with it. Uh, <clears throat> We don't have the eyeballs on the, the scripts the way we used to. I think it's a huge mistake, but it's reality. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. You don't have to work at three other markets like I did before you come to Nashville. We're hiring people right out of college. The great resignation is real. This generation, nothing wrong with this. It's, it is a career for some, but for a lot, it's a job, and somebody else pays more. They're on to the next opportunity. It's, it's a different view. It's nothing wrong with it, but it's different than what I got into this business for. And so you're dealing with that where you have people who come for a while and leave. Not disappointed. It's just better opportunity. They don't like the hours. You know the hours are very unpredictable. Uh, You can can say you're going to work 9 to 5, but that's not how it works in the newsroom. And so my son left for that reason. He went to film school, was an editor, worked at Channel 2 for three or four years, decided he wanted his life back. They didn't want to work four in the morning on Saturday. Changed careers. He's I want to be like dad. He's a body yeah. shop manager making more money, and he's happier. So sure. I understand. And not wearing a tie. And not wearing a tie. So I understand it. It is frustrating, though, John, because we don't have what I think was good about the, uh, about the past. We don't have those dedicated people who – cover city hall who cover the capital who know the ins and outs it's hit and miss it's they come to me because i'm the guy who did it a hundred years ago but they don't have the contacts they don't make the contacts they don't go out as much we do still do so so many zoom because we don't have the people to go shoot it we do it that way it's easier it's less expensive but you don't make those one-on-one relationships you don't meet that cop who will give you some information at a scene when he sees you because they don't know each other so in that regards, it is frustrating. Uh, what's talk about the Bob Woodruff thing you have coming up? Oh, I have Bob Woodruff and I became friends. We met in Afghanistan in two thousand two. I was over there. This was the you know the response to nine eleven. We're in the war in Afghanistan. I went with the hundred first Airborne in February of two thousand two. So five months after nine eleven, we're over there. The hundred first is the first Army group in replacing the Marines who's 
began the war. So we're the first group in. And we're doing stories about the 101st back. I got a Pakistani satellite truck, and I got my photographer, and we made our graphic WKRN Afghanistan Bureau. We stuck it up on the airport. <laughs> I got a great picture. We got all our stuff. We're doing, I got satellite phones. and we're, So it was a real opportunity. I'm glad I did it. And I met Bob. He was there for ABC. We just became friends, and we've stayed friends throughout the time. He was here about a month or so ago. We had dinner and talked, and, you know, Bob – Almost died in Iraq. He was right. in a uh, IED explosion and almost cost him his life. And he survived. And he had just been announced that he had just taken over for Peter Jennings. He was the ABC News anchor, and it hadn't been months when he was injured. And so that part of his career ended. He's had some permanent injuries, but he's been able to get back to his career. And ever since then, he has dedicated his foundation to helping veterans. And so in July, the 9th of July, if I'm going from my head right, the Bob Woodward Foundation is putting on a We Got Your Six event at the barn at the Loveless Cafe for about 500 veterans and their families, just a way to say, thank you for your service. Come enjoy, bring your kids. We just want to pat you on the back for what you do. Mickey Guyton, several other Leanne Wilmark are going to be there to perform for them. There's going to be raffles. I've got about 15 signed guitars by my friends, Vince Gill and Jamie Johnson and some other folks who are going to raffle these off to the veterans, let them take them home as a keepsake. So I'm looking forward to Bob coming in and taking part in that event. What a great story. And if you if you don't know who Bob, Bob Woodruff is, uh, Google it. Horrific injuries. Yes. And, and came back, it was like a goal for him to get back on TV an X amount of time, and he did it. He did it. And uh, he's just an, just an amazing It's story. amazing he survived. Absolutely. Absolutely. Time for... Questions. Ask your questions. Time for questions. 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 We have... Questions. Questions. Have questions? Rapid fire questions. Okay. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how we go. He's a journalist. He's got an open mic. He's the best this could so take a while, folks. He's the best. Sometimes this. we ask a question, and nine minutes later, the answer is still going on to people. So what part Bob's, of rapid fire do you Bob's, not understand? That's the best so far. <laughs> All right. Uh, question number one. What is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, people in traffic who do not know how to yield and do not know how to merge. Uh-oh. Left lane drivers, too? No, yeah, left lane. Anybody who doesn't understand the rules of the road, get off the interstate. Which is everybody. If people would drive like Bob and me, the world would be a better place. <laughs> my wife does not agree with me, you, by the way. Merge, my, car is, my car is in the body shop, Bob. Merge does not mean stop at the exit, look <laughs> yes. to the left, what and then I, try to ease out there. And then do a TikTok. What am I doing? So we've been talking music. Bob, what's in your CD player right now? Oh, what is in my CD player right now? Uh, I have a Vince Gill. I have a... Jackson Brown, I have uh, Pure Prairie League. Okay. So I got some old stuff in there, and I have a Santana that I love. Is there a favorite new band in your life? Could be country, could be rock, could be... Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have a new band that uh-huh. I would love. You need to dig. King, I need to do that. Do, check, Kings of Leon should be your new band. Well, from I, I like Kings of Leon. I don't consider them new anymore. But no, but a hometown band for us here in Nashville. They're very good, and uh, and John endures it every time he's in my car. I no, like Kings well, of Leon. Yeah, and, and well, my wife is you know. Um, uh, how do I say infatuated with Caleb? Sure, the lead singer. <laughs> infatuated. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, quick little story. I know we're on ten. Right? I have to tell this story. So, uh, Caleb uh, is in East Nashville. Is, is with see her his, free pass. With the, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that got it. <laughs> Caleb is in an East Nashville restaurant with his Victoria's Secret wife. I'm sorry, I don't know her name, but she's sure. stunning beyond belief. Doesn't, doesn't and they have like their one-year-old kid. And she's there for a business lunch with a contractor, a guy, and, and they're sitting right. And so Caleb comes in and Lindley slides a, night, uh, a, a note over to the guy saying, do you know you're sitting next to a Victoria's Secret model? And he looks at the note and he looks at Lindley and, and it's like, no, I, I mean, I, no, I know you're, you're pretty. And she, and she gives the, she puts her hand up and then with the arrow looking the other way going, no dummy right next to you. And he that's looked over and went, oh my God. Anyway, that's pretty good. Yeah, Caleb's, Caleb's the singer and, uh, the, the Kings of Leon are so great because they're family. You got three brothers mm-hmm. and a cousin, and they're just an enormous, uh, great success story. That's all I got. All right. Uh, most outrageous thing you've ever done and gotten away with? Ooh, gotten away with. Yeah, that's. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's statute of limitations, Bob. We're, we're uh, good. Those those cops in Missouri gotten are away with. You, got, you go in 110 and you're 71 Firebird. You're fine or Cutlass or whatever it was. Okay, sure it was. we got away with it. Uh, <laughs> we were a little inebriated. Uh, spring break in. Daytona Beach, seventy something or mm-hmm. another. Wand- Drinking age eighteen. Yes, wandering home, bang into a trash can, and there's a tuna fish in the trash can. We lugged the tuna fish home, and it went swimming in the <laughs> oh the hotel God. pool <laughs> from the fourth balcony. <laughs> the swan from the dive balcony. <laughs> the Russian judge gave it a six. <laughs> we did do that. <laughs> Back when the words hooch were big, <laughs> vodka and Hawaiian punch. You know, big, big brands were stag. <laughs> That's right. PBR. Oh, my God. Uh, Bob, uh, lots of golf in your life. Uh, your favorite course that you play or have played? Pebble Beach. Wow. Got two of you. Did, you just did that. Yeah. Both uh, like the last five years. Yep. Right? Both it's, of you have played Pebble Beach. It's, I did. It's a breathtaking experience. Nice. It's one of those things. There's very few in life. It uh, exceeded expectations. You, and you walked it? Walked it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's so yep. good. Caddy? No. Oh, yes, we did. I'm sorry. We did have caddy. We were all walked it. That's Wait, I missed the mortgage that, that month yeah. when, I, when, I paid, when I paid the green fee. But you it's, have to do the you caddy. You got to do it. You got to do, do the caddy. Just, you got to do the whole just thing. Just for the shock value, the price, it is, what is the green fee out there? Five, 500. Wow. Yeah, I think it was four ninety five yeah, when man. I went. And it's probably north of five now. Worth every yeah. TPC, I did the same thing. It was five bills, that's but you got to do it once. You, you know, you got to go. Got to do the island green. That's terrific. And I hit it. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Uh, if you could hang out with one cartoon character, who would you choose and why? Yosemite Sam, great mustache. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about putting it, put it up on a T, right? I mean, that was he yeah. just hit that three fifty down the center, didn't so, he? You know, uh, News Two's Bob Mueller's here, and if you've watched Bob since nineteen eighty, there's a certain aspect of Bob that's always been there, and it is the mustache, the stash, as those in the uh, affectionately know Bob. And so the question is. Has the stash A ever come off or will it ever come it off? It hasn't. I've, I've told my wife I'll do it, and she says, don't. No. <laughs> You'll scare the children. No one will recognize I won't you. even know you. I <laughs> married you for the stash. Yes. That was the one redeeming value. I knew you weren't going to be home, but I thought you were attractive yeah. in the stash. You've um, been married to Nancy? 42 years. Oh, my God. Got and, married when they were six. Well, it was and, amazing. in my radio days, your daughter Mary uh, interned and then eventually got hired. Uh, at the radio yep. station. Just a lovely family. She's working for Apple Music now. That's tremendous. And so uh, maybe a, a second question for me real quick. Favorite aspect of now, courtesy of Mary as well, uh, being a grandfather. 
Uh, the, the best aspect of that is the love you have for your child, seeing the love they have for their child and sharing oh, all that. I mean, that there's no question about it. I see your posts and your yeah. pictures. They're just absolutely beautiful. I, I do remember one of the funnier things <laughs> that I've heard from Bob. You, you won't even remember that I remember this. This is how sad it is. Uh, when Mark Mariani joined the Titans, <laughs> you wanted your, your... Why did you want her to marry? Because she'd have been... Mary Mariani. That's good. That's <laughs> I good. told him that. <laughs> he howled. That's good. I thought, I thought that was great. She liked it, too. She didn't think he was cute. He is a cute. Yeah, <laughs> he's he, he did well, by the way, with, oh, yes, with Carly. Did. Oh, yes. smoking. Yeah. Um, motto in which you live your life by. Give it your best. I Bob really does every do. day. That Give is. it your best. Bob Bob does every day. Leaves yeah, it out there. It could fit on a t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, is it, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to. Is this the final one? Do I get the final yeah, question? Go ahead. Okay, good one. I want to end with what is, after all the years you guys worked together, best John Dwyer story? Mm. Keep it clean. Oh, wow. Oh, we can edit this. Okay, well, uh, the best John Dwyer story, there's no question about it, because we almost both died. This is 2002, <laughs> John, we're start. in Oakland. We almost and both we're, died. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we're at the, at the black hole covering the Titans and the Raiders, and we're riding the train to the stadium, and everybody on that train but me and John uh-huh. are in full regalia. They all look like something out of some movie, and they're looking at us and staring at us and spitting at us and screaming at us and pointing at us. And, you know, I'm not a scary guy, but that was a little scary. And we made it. We got to the stadium. It was worse at the stadium. Uh, we're trying to do our live shots. They're coming by, bumping into a little bit, kind of doing this. And we're, I thought they were going to kick our you-know-whats. I thought we were, okay, it's going to happen right here. You got two pretty boys yep. in, in good-looking suits <laughs> yes, getting on this this public transportation in Nashville. Oakland, and it was a, it was a, during the day. It, it was, was afternoon. Noon, yeah. the, the sun had not even set yet, and you thought you were going to some uh, uh, goth convention, uh, goth convention in in East Nashville at some some haunted house, and it was the most intimidating, scary. You know, now what the, the, the irony is probably there. You know, the guy dressed up with the with the spikes on his shoulders, probably you know, an accountant certain, somewhere. Yeah, he's a certain salesman. <laughs> you know, I mean, his boss has no idea. Maybe his boss is next to him, but but it was the most intimidating. I thought unhealthy situation for any opposing fans to go. There were some no, Titans just... fans that went. I, I applaud the two that went and, and <laughs> sold out and went in overalls and had this, you know, the corn pipe and they just told to, them not to it, wear it, Titans gear to the stadium. Yeah, it was it was it was a very, very scary, scary Well you'll time. remember this because I think you were on the field too. We're in the warm-ups. The stadium isn't open yet, but the fans are there, and the team's on the field. They open the stadium up, and here they come. And there's one guy, full regalia, running as fast as he can all the way down. McNair and Eddie George, all those people are down this end. He gets to the edge of the edge of the fence, leans over, and as loud as he can, F you, F you, F you, F you. And they look at We're going to blank you in the blank. <laughs> nice. As loud and it's as three, it's three oh seven in the afternoon. We there's, there's one it's like where do you go from there? <laughs> Live from Oakland, I'm Bob Mueller. Oh my god. I'll <laughs> never forget it. Did yeah. we win that game? No. Uh, no. It was we won the first half. 
<laughs> yeah, two fumbles late yeah. by uh, uh, by Henry and and uh, uh, another running back. It was oh. it was it was it was close, but it got they got blown out. McNair played a played a great game. Uh, it was also the trip, Bob. Where I don't know if you've ever been on the company dime out in a you know we stayed in San Francisco. Yes. We stayed in, in in you know they put us up in media hotels. It was fine. But there was one day, it was a Tuesday or Wednesday during game week, and they, they took us out there. I will applaud Channel 2. We never under-reported no. the Titans. They would send me to opposing playoff teams' cities for the week to get that perspective, which I thought was a really interesting way to – you know you're going to get the Titans' riffic stuff, right? And you're going to get it on Monday Night Live with Jeff Fisher. But to go, So they did it right. Uh, but there was one day that there was a terrible snowstorm. And I mean, it was, it, it, you know, I-65, seven hours to get home. It was awful. Yep. And they call us and say, we're not running any of your reports today. <laughs> we don't have any room. We have, we have, we're you know, in Armageddon here. We're in California. <laughs> so I don't know if we went to Benny. Huh? We, we, we blew we out the company. Some- we blew out the company budget. And I promise you by 10 PM, we probably weren't in any condition yeah. to do a report. Us, I remember that. Hendrick went with us. The, the, the punter. punter. The punter. <laughs> Oh, Craig Hendricks. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it was. It was. Uh, it was. It was fun. Yeah. We've got. We've got so many memories. And uh, I tell you, when you work with, with, uh, with good people like with Bob and, and with integrity and all that, it it uh, it wasn't well, hard. Well, I salute you. You let me you know? share some of the great great opportunities to cover those guys because it was a sports story. But they let the news guy in, and I and I have great memories and, and just loved every minute of it. What one one other one quickly was uh, the AFC Championship game in Jacksonville. <laughs> Uh, Jacksonville was, and all their media people, they were uh, convinced after going 14-2 and two and losing twice to the Titans it wasn't going to happen a third time. And they, they opened the game, and Brunel went right down the field, and they scored. And it looks like, uh-oh, this is probably not true. All the media guys for Jacksonville had uh, their plane tickets in the back because they were going to fly to Atlanta oh, wow. that night to start doing their – there was only one week be- between the AFC Championship, NFC Championship, and the Super Bowl. And we get there, and we're doing our live reports at, uh, at 6. And I think at that time, that late in the year, it was dark. Yep. And those son of a – the people that ran all yes. it was Saltel Stadium at the time. What they do about the lights out on us? We, we had, could have done a turn the light. We had one light on ah, me and Jeff. We, we in it was a like pouring rainstorm. We could have been at the sea at tranquility. <laughs> it looked. It didn't matter. Like you, you do that partly to show that you're there at the venue. That you're, you're there. <laughs> Dark. And we, it was like we were in a in a closet, and it just it was. And then we had to board a plane. We had to run, sopping wet like drowned rats in 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 your coats and ties and had to, you know, now it didn't, you know, because we got to the Super Bowl was hotel good. and everything's quiet, pristine. And we went, I got, I got on the plane, took my jacket off. My jacket had a red lining. Uh, I had a white shirt. I looked like a gunshot victim. Uh, I had red they, all over my was, shirt that bled through. And we didn't sleep that week. We no. did Titan shows. It was so much fun. Yeah, Do we, it all again tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, we did it. We did it right. It's Enjoyed working with you. It was so much fun. Well, thank you. And who would have thought that we'd been talking 22 years later and they, they haven't gone back? Yeah, I, I would have never guessed. You know, that. I, I wouldn't think the, because the year I, we're talking about in the loss in California, they would have won the Super Bowl that year. That was a brutal loss. Yeah, I think they would have beaten Tampa Bay. That was Gannon uh, and his and yep. and Tim Brown and those guys. They, they Raiders were. That's a tough venue yep. to win. That's yep. why that's why you want home field advantage in the AFC Championship. Anyway, that's ten questions and and many more. I'm exhausted, man. I'm, I, I just, <laughs> I've had a ball. Please invite me back for round I two. I think uh, it's fun. Um, what we enjoy doing here on this uh, second cup of Joe. 
And John is 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 just uh, living a part of what's a great slice of of life here in Nashville, and this is a great era. And I just want to comment on I watched you both for decades and growing so, up. Better yeah, not say that I'm the same age. Unfortunately, <laughs> Bob's a little younger than all of us. But uh, uh, congratulations, Bob, on your tenure. Thank and you. I think uh, you know have you have you is is do you see the end? Have you signed a new deal? I just signed know? a new deal. Three years. We'll see. That might be it. Okay. We'll see. Sure. Well, the grandkids. I don't want to. I don't want to hang around and. Be the guy that doesn't know when to end it. I'm going to no. know when to end it. I don't no. think that's that time hasn't being a viewer. That time hasn't come. I yet. appreciate that. Sure. So uh, Nashville history here on the broadcast side with uh, John Dwyer and Bob Mueller. So I'm I, Bob. We're just so so happy that you would come by. I appreciate it very much. Invite me back. You got it. All right. That's it for second cup of Joe and John. It's the second cup of Joe and John as their guests expound on any and all topics within the realm of decency. Want to be a sponsor? Let a TV and radio guy help build your business. Email joekingwx at gmail.com or text 615-289-1703. Now, hold on tight and grab another second cup of Joe and John.